Today on episode number 536 of the School of Podcasting, I spent 10 hours in the car this weekend driving to Indiana listening to podcasts. I'll share you some insights into some stuff I heard. Also, I went there to listen to a symphony and what we can learn from the symphony and how it applies to podcasting. We've also got an interview with Corey Finnerin. You might remember him. He's uh, We've talked about him in the past of Ivy Envy, but guess what? That little hobby show he did about the Cubs, that led to him actually starting his own company where he now podcasts for a living. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I'm going to bring my 20 plus years of helping people understand technology, and we are going to help you massage your message. We're going to help you going to tackle that technology, face your fears, flatten the learning curve, and get you on the road to a successful podcast. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up and save a bunch. If you are new to the show, I love to talk about the power of podcasting. In fact, if you go over to powerofpodcasting.com, that is a uh, our network that has all of my shows over there. Some of them, most of them are podcast related, but not all of them. And Many people are like, should I podcast for my business? So I have a couple examples today that I wanted to pull. I got to spend 10 hours in the car. In fact, I literally just got out of the car as I record this. It's about 10 to 11 on uh, Saturday, Sunday night here. And uh, got to binge a lot of podcasts. And one of them was the Membership Guys. And this is a podcast all about how to run a better membership site. So being that I have the school of podcasting, I definitely was taking some notes. And uh, on one episode with uh, my buddy Colin Gray from uh, PodCraft, it's another great podcast about podcasting. Uh, they were interviewing him and the guy from the membership coach uh, spit this out. Check this out. But yeah, we actually, like when it started, it was it was so inconsistent. I think we launched with like five episodes. Episode six was maybe 10 days later. Episode yeah. seven, two weeks later. Um, episode eight was like two or three days later. So it was just whenever I, I got a bee in my bonnet and something yeah. to talk about. That's but pretty then, standard. <laughs> yeah, but then all of a sudden when we opened the doors to uh, Membersite Academy, and we were asking people where they found us. Uh, there was a surprising amount of people who had found us from the podcast. And these are people who weren't previously in our audience. So, you know, that, that kind of lit a fire under, uh, under me a bit to actually take it seriously. And, yeah. you know, yeah. let's actually put a little bit of thought into this. And yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here again, not the most perfect launch, but even so, it allows people to know, like, and trust you. And it's actually a really good podcast. I've been listening to a lot of it. And then uh, I remembered I had this clip from Stephen J. Dubner of the Question of the Day podcast. This is uh, was in my Clamor channel, but check this out. He's uh, He was talking about going to an event that they were holding, uh, and they actually are authors, he, he and his partner. And uh, here's what he had to say. And then I said, you know, just out of curiosity, how many of you um, listen to the podcast? And it was like 90%. Wow. And we were both shocked. We had just no idea. That, and then we thought, I mean, the depressing part then was if we didn't have a podcast, there would be nobody showing up for a book tour because. So your podcast is like an audio business card and it helps your audience, your future customers know, like, and trust you when you deliver value. 
And uh, when you do that, it can definitely help boost your conversions. Speaking of value, if you are listening to this in October of 2016, I will be speaking at podfest.us. I've actually got a couple other things going on at podfest.us. I'll be having a, uh, a meet and greet there. And you know what? I don't know if I'm allowed to announce that yet. I have an announcement coming about PodFest. Uh, don't know if I'm allowed to announce that yet, so it's a tease for next week. But what I do have for you is if you go to podfest.us, this is in Orlando, Florida, in February 2017. So you got plenty of time to buy your tickets and get that cheap airfare. And uh, it is going to be February 23rd through the 25th, he said, as I'm playing the video behind us here. It's cool, happy music. And uh, you can see a, a little promo video over there for it. But check this out. If you use the coupon code, all lowercase, all one word, early bird you can uh, get your tickets uh, at is the lowest price we're going to get. So go to podfest.us, use the coupon code EARLYBIRD, and uh, save. And I will see you in February in Orlando, Florida at a really cool resort. Now, speaking of seeing me, if you go to DC Podfest, this is right around the corner. If you are in the Washington, DC area, uh, I would love to see you November 5th through the 6th at the Wonder Bread Factory, which is uh, in Washington, D.C. I will be speaking there along with uh, Rob Walsh, who is the VP of Podcast Relations from Libsyn. I'm going down there as a Libsyn employee, but there's a whole bunch of other people there that uh, will be there as well. But uh, looking forward to it, and you can find it all at um, DC Podfest. Dot com, but myself, uh, Joel Bogus will be there, Carol Sanek, Joan Mitchelson, uh, Joel Sharpton, uh, Rob Walsh, uh, all sorts of great people. Check it out. Go to dcpodfest.com, and that is right around the corner, November 5th. I'll be talking about growing your podcast audience. All right. Well, joining me via cast uh, today we were talking with Corey Finneran and a lot of people listen to podcasts and they think, boy, I wish someday I could quit my day job and, and just do uh, podcasting or something of that nature. And Corey's kind of done that. And you might know Corey from Ivy Envy, which is his podcast about the Chicago Cubs, but we're not really going to talk about that a whole lot today. That which, which one started first, the Cubs show or, or the other show? Yeah. The Cubs show started first. We started that in um, early 2009. And how did you talk your employer at the time into getting a podcast? Was that a hard sell? Yeah. So I work in special education. I worked for a special ed co-op um, in my area. And really, it was kind of an easy sell. And, and the, the reason is, is that I was uh, my employer, my boss, my supervisors were had seen what had happened with IVMV and some of the traction that we got, some of the uh, just cool things, I guess, that were happening for the podcast and saw how we were connecting with listeners all over the world. And so I was able to kind of go to them with these ideas that I had on, okay, this is how we can use podcasting to reach our students for the benefit of the students, for the benefit of the teachers, uh, for the benefit of the program. You know, this is how we can kind of streamline what we're doing and make the information that we're putting across to have it 
kind of go across more consistently, I guess. And so it really was a pretty easy sell. And because no one else was doing it, um, even though my supervisor was in his 60s and had no idea what anything is as far as technology goes, he saw that this is probably the best way to connect with students and speak their language, uh, considering they're a generation that's so, I guess, screen dependent. Right. They woke up with a mouse in their hand. Exactly. <laughs> or now a trackpad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell us a little bit about that show when you started it and what kind of feedback you got when you first launched it. Yeah. So it started off, I mean, as a, a podcaster, I was comfortable with audio. That's what my VMV is. And I think that's what probably 99% of the people listening, that's what we're comfortable with. And so I started producing this podcast and it was um, job tips. You know, everything that the program does for students is uh, revolves around employment. And so the goal is to help high school students with disabilities get the education and the tips and everything that they need to be successful in transitioning from high school to after high school. And so I was uh, sharing information. The teachers were showing it in their classroom. So while I was going over job tips and interview tips and things like that, I was also sharing job leads for our area and letting them know, okay, this is who's hiring. This is how you need to apply. And so this was great for teachers because I don't know if you're aware of this, but special education is not necessarily a priority in a lot of schools. They don't get a lot of funding as a department. And it's probably the only department in a school system where the teachers are expected to kind of just create their own curriculum. And so the teachers loved this because we were giving them content. And a, a lot of teachers just aren't necessarily trained in transition. They're, they go to teach students how to, you know, English, math, th those sorts of things. And these this whole like idea of job skills and things, a lot of teachers were thrown into that. So the teachers really appreciated that we were giving them that content and the, the students were responding to it real well. But after it was maybe a month. So uh, I was doing it. And then one of the teachers contacted me and said, you know, the information's great. The students like it. But you do know that like 90% of my students have attention problems <laughs> and they're staring at the like, you know, weird Windows media player thing dancing on the screen. <laughs> and it's just not really working uh, after about five or 10 minutes. So I'm going to cut in here. So uh, Corey got some feedback now. Did he get upset? Did he quit? Go, ah, that's it. Screw podcasting. I'm done. I mean, he got a negative review, right, in a way. And uh, what did he do? Well, he looked to see if this, this negative comment had any merit. And instead of getting mad, instead of getting hurt or upset, well, here's what he did. And so I thought, okay. I'm going to have to do video. I am not comfortable with video. Uh, like I, I imagine uh, most people listening would just kind of be terrified at the thought of, oh, man, I'm going to have to do this uh, in front of people. And so I started off with just I had my I, my uh, iPhone and I put it on a, on a tripod and basically delivered the same information that way. And instantly all across the board, the teachers were saying that it really I guess the, the students connected with it a lot more. And so then over the course of the next year or so, uh, my employer basically gave me a blank check and said, buy what you need to to have it look good, build a studio, do whatever you want. And so that was that was really great. 
And so that's kind of how it evolved into a, a video production. That's wild. And aside from the fact that you had to you know, take a shower now, it sounds like everything was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it's uh once you get comfortable and I, I built a teleprompter, I know that a lot, you know, when I've been to new media expo and podcast movement, people have in these video sessions will ask about teleprompters and they are very expensive. I mean, you're looking at four or $500 and um, I bought, I built one out of a, an iPad box and I went to the dollar store and got a picture frame that fit into it and with duct tape Velcro and, uh, you know, <laughs> just items laying around, I built a uh, a teleprompter that works perfectly. And in fact, here it is, you know, five or six years later and I'm still using the same one. It probably cost me about two and a half, you know, two two seventy five, two dollars and seventy five cents to to make it. And reading off a teleprompter was one thing it took a while to get used to. All right, I got to jump in here. So here again, we see, I say this, it's not about the technology. The guy's using a cut up duct taped iPod box, iPod, how old am I? Uh, iPad box. So when I hear people that have already spent $500 on a high LPR 40, and they're thinking about spending even more money, maybe on a sure SM57, or not SM57, what's the one? Um, SM7. You know, or they're going to do this, or they're going to do that. It's not the technology. It's working fine for him, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I bet. this. So this is going gangbusters now, and uh, the video's connecting with students, which is great. How, where does it go from there? Right. So what, what happened was um, I started, my employer and others started asking me if I would present at different conferences around the state on how to use new media and how to use technology to educate students. All right. I got to cut in again. Just, just to say that I've said that when you do a podcast, whether you want it to or not, it will put you into a position to be seen as an expert and you will be asked to be speaking at events. Uh, you know, this is, why do I say that? This is why I say this. I mean, he just said exactly what I've been telling people. So if you don't believe me, believe Corey. Speaking of that, back to Corey. I mean, this is kind of revolutionary for all curriculums, let alone special education curriculums, which are usually lagging way behind. And so um, I started going to these conferences and the podcast, I mean, it was available in iTunes, Stitcher. It was in, you know, available on the website. And so when I talked about it, then schools started using this curriculum and which was fine. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was available. And then I started thinking, hmm, maybe maybe I'm on to something here. And so um, it was about a year and a half ago. I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law and he, he we were sitting at his house and he said, so what exactly what exactly do you do? And uh, <laughs> so I was kind of explaining it and everything. And he started asking me questions. He's more of a business guy. And he started asking me questions and I was answering and he goes, so school districts use this like there's a need for this. And I said, oh, yeah, definitely. And he said, so could you do it? outside of your district could you is this something you could do on your own and i said yeah yeah definitely and he's like okay well let's do it and so that's how next up started so it was just kind of uh, sitting on a patio and just chit-chatting about work and the next thing you know we were uh, developing this curriculum and uh, then i was you know able to turn 
my my hobby of podcasting into a career by being able to do it for my employer. And then the next step was being able to to do it on my own and um, have a, a better reach and really impact more students, uh, which is is really a passion of mine. So how did that transition with your current employer like go down? Did they just become your first customer? They did. I was really nervous. <laughs> I was very nervous about telling them exactly what I was doing. And it probably took me, we started working on it in July of 2015. And it took me until probably March of 2016 to, to let them know what I was doing. And that was just because we were going to go be vendors at a conference and I had to explain what I was doing. They were all about it. Very, very supportive. And they were the first customers. They signed up right away. It was a, a great way to maintain a relationship with them and and to be able to still be involved, you know, in the in the disability community, uh, have those connections and involved in different, I guess, organizations and councils and stuff. And so that worked really well. And they are, you know, really our biggest cheerleaders for for this curriculum. Well, what's great about it is looking back, they were your focus group. You just didn't know it at the time. Right. And actually what, what it allowed me to do was um, one of the teachers that was using the curriculum. So I, I, I'm from the vocational rehabilitation background. And so I, I don't know how to write a lesson plan. <laughs> I don't I don't understand the education side of things. I, everything I do revolves around work. And so but in developing a curriculum, you kind of have to know what teachers need as far as Common Core and all these objectives and all that sort of thing. So while I was doing the QC Step podcast, one of the teachers that I worked with, she was developing lesson plans to go along with my videos. And so when this came to be, when Next Up came to be, she was the first person I talked to. And I said, hey, are you interested in, in being a part of this? And so that allows me to focus on the, the work stuff and all of the production and just maintaining our portal and all that stuff. And she can write the individual lesson plans. So it really, not only are they cheerleaders for what we're doing, but it really kind of helped me find the people that I needed to be able to do this project. The last day at work and your first day at work, how how much did you wet your pants? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yes, I definitely did. And so did Tawny, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> she, I, I really did. I was so excited though. And really it's kind of one of those things where it was just kind of stepping out into the unknown, but at the same time, it was really exciting. I mean, it was such a thrill to be able to not just, I mean, I mean, I never wanted to really leave there. I did. I never looked for another job. Uh, I was there for I don't know, 11 years. So it, it was just, it was what I really liked to do. And so it was like just a blessing to be able to continue to do that same thing and do it on my own. And I guess just the joy of like thinking of all of the different schools that I would be able to provide this to. Uh, I think that's one thing that kind of, made me a little bit more comfortable with it. But another thing that made me comfortable too, all along is having uh, my brother-in-law who, who's my partner in the company um, just because he doesn't know anything about the content side. He doesn't know anything about the technology, you know, what it takes to do this, but he understands business and uh, being a hobbyist podcaster that, that kind of, uh, has a career in social services, uh, the business field is not my strength. And so that, that was really key to this and key to me being comfortable was that relationship with him and that partnership. 
Now, I know he's your brother-in-law, but did you guys go through and actually, you know, get things in writing of who does what and how the company is structured? Yes. And because he's a business guy, he knows how to do that. <laughs> and he, I was, because at one point I, early on, I said, okay, so we're going to be like really clear about what's going on here. And he's like, yes, yes, of course we are. <laughs> and so he, you know, he knows all the, the jargon and everything. He pretty much does everything with the, the lawyers and the accountants and everything like that, takes care of all of that. And and has me look it over, explains to me what's going on, but it has made this entire thing possible. I don't think that I would be able to do it in the capacity that I am right now if it was not for him. Well, when you start a, a new company, obviously you're you're leaning on your, your brother-in-law, which is great that you have that resource. But what have you learned that you thought, wow, I had no idea that I had to do that kind of stuff? You know, I really haven't been faced with much of it other than if he tells me, hey, I did this. And I thought I would think, oh, I never I never thought about that. I didn't. <laughs> and, and the one thing like that terrified me going into all this, this is like how to do taxes for it, yeah. you know, and he's just like, this is how we're going to do it. Luckily, my mom works for an accountant, so she kind of guided me along the way. So I, I guess I've been really lucky that I do have those resources. Finally, it got to the point with, you know, uh, IVMV has income coming in and do freelance work. So finally, my taxes are messy enough that I can just feel comfortable paying someone else to do it because it's it's well worth it. And how have you been then growing your business? Well, a lot of it is just finding the right way to market to educators, which is a little bit different because, you know, with my brother-in-law coming from the business background and having experience in sales, he's used to a certain type, a, a certain strategy. And that strategy did not necessarily work. Cold calls are not going to work. Um, emails, you know, blasting out emails are not going to work. What really works is face-to-face -face meeting with teachers. Teachers aren't used to, and educators, department heads, you know, all levels of educators, they're not used to getting sales calls. And it instantly feels kind of like... Not, I don't want to say sleazy, but it just doesn't feel right to educators. It's just not it's not what they're used to. And so instead, hitting as many transition conferences and uh, educator conferences that we can and having a booth set up and having we have computers to, to let them play around with our portal, see how it works and really explain things to them there. That is what definitely works for us. And we've, you know, as far as our marketing goes and our materials for these conferences, like I said, there's no, there's really nothing in the way of what we do. There's nothing else out there yet. Uh, transition in preparing students for life after high school is, is really becoming a, one of the top priorities in special education. You know, a lot of the initiatives and everything that have come through, well, this is very important yet. There's not the resources there. So when we have banners that say, welcome to the transition education revolution and things like that, it catches their eyes immediately because this is something that they're just kind of stumbling through on their own and to be able to give them a solution. Uh, it, they, they're, they're hungry for it. When they come up to our, I was just in Norman, Oklahoma last week for a transition conference. And it's great because they're just so excited that there's actually something out there that they can use. 
And it's such an easy sell because they're looking for those solutions. It's great because, I mean, we have so many people come up to the booth. Oh, well, actually, one person at the end of the conference, I was just about to start packing up my stuff. And this lady came up and she said, you guys are the talk of the entire conference. I need to talk to you. I said, "Okay, let's talk. So. So here again, I'm jumping in. When you hit a chord with your audience, when you deliver value. They will tell their friends about your podcast, or in Corey's case, about his company. That's just a given, but you've got to deliver value. We've discovered that that face-to-face interaction uh, is works much better in education than your maybe your more traditional uh, sales strategies. And are you getting ideas at these events that uh, are then maybe working their way back into your curriculum? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that I really try to stress to teachers is that I want to make this curriculum as, I guess, useful as possible. And so if they have any suggestions, like I that one teacher five years ago said, this needs to be in video because my kids can't pay attention. I wouldn't have thought about that. And so I want, you know, I want this to have as much of an impact as it can on the students. And I am open to any feedback from teachers on how to make that possible. I had one teacher say that uh, their her students were having a hard time through because it's kind of a talking head video and I can mm-hmm. break it up with different segments and things like that. So they're about three or four minutes long just to kind of break things up a little bit for those students that do have trouble paying attention. But sometimes it's just me giving a tip like, oh, well, maybe stop it after each segment and just kind of talk about it in the classroom for a few minutes and then go back to the video instead of just watching it straight through. So I'm always open to those suggestions. And then sometimes I can give them solutions and sometimes it's little changes that I can make. And so I think trying to create something that is a benefit to someone, I think you need to you need to consider their feedback and consider what what they need, not what you think that they need. Oh, absolutely. I mean, anybody that's been married knows, <laughs> what do you mean? I don't get any points for the roses. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, your website is transitioncurriculum.com if people want to know more about this. And, uh, of course, Ivy Envy is still going strong, and the Cubs are in the playoffs, so that's great to news. Uh, any advice for people thinking of, you know, maybe going into business? They they found something, you know, that they, like you said, you're on the back porch, and you're like, I think we might have stumbled onto something here. Yeah, and I think that there that's part of it. I think sometimes, you know, as podcasters, we're used to working alone in our basements and our studios, whatever it is. And if we have an idea, I, th- I think that collaboration is kind of underestimated or undervalued and not like, you know, there's the collaboration of working with people that are doing something similar to you, you know, like, like you do with, with Ray Ortega and Daniel J. Lewis, there's that type of collaboration. And then there's, you know, what I think I just accidentally stumbled into was someone that doesn't have anything to do with this realm of content creation, but is interested in what what your passion is and can be there to to help make it happen so i think i think you know sometimes it's looking outside of the circles that we're in and you may find somebody that that would be uh have the same passion or would be interested in investing in in what you're what you're doing very cool well Corey, thank you so much for your time man yeah thanks a lot for having me on dave 
super duper nice guy. You can find his company at transitioncurriculum.com. The company is actually called Next Up, but that's their website. And uh, you can find his podcast about the Chicago Cubs at ivyenvy.com. And if things go really, really good here, I'm based out of uh, Akron, used to live in Cleveland. We might have a Cubs-Indians World Series. How cool would that be? But think about that. One last point here on Corey. If he hadn't start, if he hadn't started just a little podcast about his favorite baseball team, that wouldn't have led to a Major League Baseball changing a rule. We talked about that in previous episodes, and it wouldn't have led to his boss going, "Hey, I see the impact you're having over here with this little Cubs thing. Let's try this over here with the business." And one thing led to this, led to that. And now he's out on his own doing, and he's, he's impacting more people than ever. But it wouldn't have started unless he would have launched that little hobby podcast. So you never know what's going to happen, and you can't improve something until you start it. And that's what I, I can help you do that. At the School of Podcasting, we have step-by-step tutorials that walk you through. There's a whole big section on planning your podcast. We have a phenomenal community in our Facebook group that people will help you if you can't come up with a name or things like that. Check it out, schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time. All right. As I said, this this weekend, I went to Purdue University over in Lafayette, Indiana, to see again my ex stepson. And, and one of the reasons for this was usually someone from his immediate family, his mom or sisters or his dad or whoever, somebody will make a trip when he's in some sort of performance. He plays the clarinet. He plays the sax. Really talented kid. And nobody was going to be there for this performance. And I'd heard about this, and I said, uh, I, I'm, I'm fairly friendly with my ex-wife. I'm very happy that she has actually found somebody new already. I've only been divorced a little over a year, actually a little under a year, and ecstatic. She's happy as a clam with this new guy, and that's all I really wanted. And um, one of the side effects of the divorce was I never realized how much I was really going to miss my stepkids because hello, I'd been in their lives for eight years and I've always been very supportive of them. I've always known that I'm not their biological father. I always contacted them and said, uh, Hey, I'm your transitional coach. Let's call me that. And, uh, so I went over because Alex was having a, uh, a thing. And I know if you're new to the show, I like to break stereotypes I like to think outside the box. And I know that the typical divorce is people get divorced. You never talk to them again and everybody goes their separate ways. And I'm a big fan of going, says who? Why does it have to be that way? Unless for some reason these people don't want anything to do with me. Uh, Okay. And they're like, so when I heard about this, I said, well, how far away is it? And they said, it's five hours. I'm like, well, it's not that far. I said, do you think you'd want me there? And they said, and they texted me. He's like, that would be awesome. And this really primarily goes back to the way I was raised. When I was either singing in a choir or 
reading something in church or whatever I did with my guitar, my mom was always in the front row. And it's kind of cool that I could always count on my mom being somewhere in there. Uh, Even I remember once when I was a junior in high school, we were playing ACDC in the uh, talent show and literally blew people out of the auditorium. It was so loud and nobody was more proud than my mom. So I wanted to carry that tradition on. And so to get back to podcasting, which is we're going to go a weird little route here. So stay with me. I, I, I'm sitting there. And when I sit, when I, when I've seen him perform before with this uh, symphony kind of thing, it's, it's, you know, it's your French horns, it's your clarinets, it's, it's uh, trombones and percussion, the whole nine yards. You'll hear him in a second here. But I like to go to about the third row. And the reason for this is because about that time, I am eye level with everybody's feet. I know it sounds weird. I'm eye level with everybody's feet. And so these young kids come out, they're all in their 20s, and it's it's fun because at this point, I just want to go, oh, these kids are today, look at them. It, it was fun. And they came out, and they start doing this. And it sounds horrendous, right? You're like, what is this? And in some cases, their physical appearance... Um, you know, because they're these kids today. How do they do? Look at it. You can't have red and purple hair. Get off my lo-. You know, it's a little, didn't in, in ways always instill a lot of confidence. And, um, but, and this is probably what you're thinking about a podcast. You're like, oh, I couldn't. Ugh, ew, I don't know if that would work for me. And in your head, you hear this, right? You're like, yeah. Well, then somebody stood up and, and blew this note. And they all kind of did, yeah, you got it. So there's a little more organization. Now you're testing out the gear. Now you're really trying something. This is like one of your first episodes that you're gonna record and delete maybe. Just just seeing what it would sound like if we all tried something together. Didn't sound too bad, okay. And then behind the scenes, these kids have been practicing. And realize with podcasting, you can practice all you want and have nobody hear it, just like they do at school. The only way you can sound stupid in a podcast is if you do something stupid and record it and then release it to the public. It's not live. These kids were live. And all of a sudden, the conductor comes out, waves his little baton, stands on his little stand, and this came out. It was awesome. I mean, it was, I, I'm a big rock guy. But I am blown away when I hear a group of who knows how many kids were on this stage. A lot. I mean, a lot. And I'm in a room that was designed for acoustics. And like when the percussion would hit, you could, it's it's in complete stereo, you know, because I can hear the trombones are way over here and this and and the, the guy just banging on the wood blocks back there and the triangle was rocking it and the big timpani, boom, 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 boom. It was just, just a huge wall of sound. And when when they, you know, some of these guys are hitting low notes that are kind of vibrating my butt in the seat, it was amazing. And I thought, you know, podcasting is a lot like this. There are so many moving parts. Right, you got the microphone, 
You've got your bit rates. We've talked about that. And and you've got your RSS feed, and then it goes into an it goes into a podcast app. And if you really want to look at all the technology involved, it is kind of cool. You know, you've got your your media host and all the pieces parts, but when they all work together, it looks so easy. And then this is why I like to sit at shoe level because you have all these kids and they're all doing their thing and you can watch all of them tap their feet, right? They're all just right on the stage. But the funny thing is they're not in sync. It's weird. You have all these musicians who are in sync in their music, but their toe tapping is not. In fact, the guy with the trombone in the back, I don't know what drummer he was marching to, but I'm like, wow, that's that's a good, you know, you are a good 30 second note off completely in your toe tapping. Probably because he was concentrating on that whole trombone playing. But I love the fact that as perfect as it sounds, when it comes to the actual toe tapping part, they're not. And only me being weird enough to notice this, and it's because the first time I ever sat around, usually in around the third row, you're you're like eye foot level. And so I say this to say that when you hear somebody's podcast and it just sounds perfect and it's wonderful and this awesome sound, trust me, there's something behind the scenes that they're probably going, ugh, I don't know, our toe tapping wasn't that good. There's always something that you can improve. It's never perfect. And if you're waiting for your podcast to be perfect so you can do it, it's never, ever, ever going to launch. It's just not. And when you aim at perfect and you miss, you land on really, really good. And a podcast that is on your hard drive has absolutely zero chance of impacting anybody's life. But one that you put out that was about 95% the way you wanted it has a 100% chance of impacting somebody's life compared to the one that's never been heard. So I realize that there are going to be times when you're like, yeah, well, that's all right. There's a little thing called practice. And then when you start to put it all together, then you put and and that's where you will have people like me, this week, uh, there I listened to the membership guys. I listened to this one called Marketing School with uh, Neil Patel and some guy who has, you know, let me play this for you. I've always talked about how I like the Audio-Technica ATR2100, and I'm not a big fan of the Blue Yeti. And I always say the Blue Yeti picks up everything, makes it sound like you're in a bathroom. Let me give you a quick example. Now, for the record, I liked this podcast. I found, well, number one, Neil Patel is just, he's the guy behind Crazy Egg, if you've ever heard of that software. And he's just a marketing guru. I used to do the Crazy Egg podcast. And this guy just has, here again, value, value, value. And so he's with some other guy I've never heard of, who also apparently is a marketing ninja. And, but Neil has an ATR2100 and the other guy does not. And it's so very obvious. I'm going to play you a quick clip of that. All right, here we go. Listening to Marketing School with your instructors, Neil Patel and Eric Sue. Eric Sue. Welcome to another edition of Marketing School. I'm your host, Eric Sue. And I'm Neil Patel. And today we're going to talk about seven types of content you should be. So, can you hear the little bit of extra echo? 
creating on your blog. So first things first, I'll keep it very simple. You wanna make sure that you have long form, well-researched content. And there's studies that have been done on. All right, so that's, that's Eric. And now let me play you a clip from Neil. Take advantage of it, that's number one. Number two, infographics. When I look at why we've done so well with our blogs is because we have a ton of links. And what we found is... So night and day. Now, I know you just said, Dave, early in the podcast, you said it's not about the tech. True, because I binge listened to about 15 of their episodes. I really like this podcast. I'm going to contact Eric and say, dude, can I buy you a microphone? Because... They, it's, it's one topic they get in, they get out there all about like 10 minutes long. And it's always, it's one of those things. It's not a podcast you can kind of listen to in the car because you want to take notes. You can find it at singlegrain.com. And, um, that's a, uh, somebody's uh, probably Eric's maybe's website. I'm not sure why they're, they're sending people to that, but probably because marketing school.com is some sort of weird Chinese website. I just went to it. And uh, some really cool tips that I got from it. But I thought, wow, this is a great example of why I don't like the Blue Yeti. Now, if Neil had a Blue Yeti too, I don't know if that would be any better, but at least it wouldn't be quite so obvious that somebody did and somebody didn't. But you tell me, granted, I still listen to the show. I would enjoy the show more. And this again... You have to remember, I'm a podcaster, and so are you, or maybe you're a wannabe podcaster. We don't listen like normal people. We're not normal. I don't know that a normal pe- person would notice the fact that uh, Eric sounds like he's in a bathroom, but that's why I don't like that microphone, just between you and me. But it's a great show, and uh, I'll be talking about those in the future. I, I might do an episode on some of the shows I listen to, uh, because like I said, the Membership Guys was the one I binge listened to. Um, and then uh, this was the other one, and then I actually was listening to an audiobook. All right, so a slightly shorter show, probably not by the time I stitch this all together. I do want to leave you with one other thing, and that is, I'm going to ask you this question. When was the last time you saw a sunset? Because for me, apparently it had been a while. Because here in Ohio, the sun sets somewhere between 6.30 and 7 o'clock about this time. And so to get to Indiana, five hours away, uh, I left the minute. I I mean, I I basically was packed, ready to go. I clocked out uh, here at my house uh, from working at Libsyn, got in the car and started going. And I had not seen a sunset apparently in a long time. And... um, in my world, uh, God was doing, he, he brought out every color he had. It was really, as I'm going through the kind of the rolling hills of Ohio, it was uh, really impressive. And um, I just, I, I guess my thing is, I'm, I'm glad I did this thing this weekend. Now, for the record, I'm way behind on a lot of stuff. And family comes first, even when they're, technically not your family anymore. And, uh, you know, family comes first and nobody punched me in the face. Uh, and I'm just going to catch up this week. And the people that are waiting for me to do stuff, uh, completely understand that life is going great at the school of podcasting. If you haven't joined, 
We are having a blast. I am so happy that I have switched to the new system. I'm so happy with the people that have signed up. I'm really looking forward to sharing things with you. We're adding new features all the time at the School of Podcasting. But as I think there's an old, it might even be a Miley Cyrus song. Oh, good God. Am I going to quote Miley Cyrus? I think this is one of the signs of the apocalypse. But you have to, uh, you, you need the mountains to appreciate the valleys or something. It's an old country song. I'm sure there's a dead dog in there and mom was drunk and got thrown in jail or something like that. But it is true. And so I took this weekend. I enjoyed a sunset. Um, I enjoyed a burger at some place on the Purdue uh, website. I got to go into my stepson's ex-steps, whatever you're going to call him. Uh, He took me, he's studying aeronautics. I believe I said that wrong, but uh, when you walk in and his classroom has literally a jet engine in the middle of it, that was kind of cool. So don't forget to keep your priorities in straight. Podcasting is great fun. We heard today how it can help build your business and things like that, but uh, keep your priorities straight. And I think, I think I'm more focused now that I actually took a, you know, a weekend off, uh, had a horrendous day with Ask the Podcast Coach. That'll be another future episode coming up in the future. Also coming up in the future, um, I just signed up for Fire Talk. It's a new media host from the guy uh, from 5x5. And um, that actually doesn't even meet my criteria to be looked at. But just because it's Dan from 5x5, I thought it would. So I'll be giving you my insights into that because you don't get unlimited storage. Or uh, wait, you don't get unlimited bandwidth. Like there's a limit on how many downloads. So usually that's a that's an instant, but I was like, all right, I'll check it out anyway. So that's coming up. I'm also going to be talking about BuzzSumo. I listened to a bunch of marketing podcasts uh, again this weekend. And I got to tell you, that name came up a lot. So I'll be uh, sniffing that. And anything else you would like to talk about, I am looking for a couple things here. Number one, always looking for a because of my podcast story as we wind up here. So here's a couple call to actions for you. I know I'm supposed to give you one, going to give you a couple. And number one, if you can answer the question because of my podcast, just answer that, whatever it is. Well, I was able to, yeah, that's what I want to hear about. Uh, record it and send it on over. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. Also, with this is now in play. Uh, and these are all, by the way, ways that you can promote your podcast. At the end of the year, I do the My Favorite Podcast Is. And if you go over to uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash favorite 16, you can uh, answer that question. My Favorite Podcast Is Blank, and here's why. And then be sure to say a little bit about your show. Again, more promotion for you. That will be turned into a book, and I believe eventually a podcast. Yes, I will be starting another one. Why? Because I like to test new systems, and I thought that would be a podcast, even if uh, just a, a temporary one. So more exposure for you. And again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash favorite 16 will take you over there. That is a, a half-baked website that I'll be putting to promote the book, but uh Need those in before the end of November. So thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless.
Today on episode number 536 of the School of Podcasting, I spent 10 hours in the weekend, in the weekend, I spent a 10 hours in the weekend, I did. 